Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and we are back to do... A Clone Wars report. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Cat Navsuck. <laughs> I was gonna add some drums in. I'm not good. I was gonna add some boom, 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 boom. Kevin Snyder drums. 
Yeah, we'll start. Uh, we'll start having like audio samples of all your different uh, Clone Wars newsreel themes that you, you've been singing. Uh, and get, go back to that classic on the wings of Kyrdax, and then we can mix them, mix them into a great song. Uh, I'm sure uh, some of our fine folks listening can do that. Yeah, it'd be the worst, most annoying ringtone options ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, the when you just mix them, I'm sure that they're all different notes, and they could actually be used as some sort of like sensory torture. And uh, never that would be fun. Yeah, I've never carried a tune in my life, so that would be uh, accurate. Uh, I understand. Yeah, we're here. We are really excited to be back for Clone Wars Report. If you haven't listened before, we did a couple of episodes talking about big picture, uh, the Clone Wars animated series, in particular focusing on Obi-Wan, Anakin, Padme, and Ahsoka. And then we did really deep dives into all of the episodes of Season 7 of Clone Wars. We enjoyed it so much. We enjoyed the Clone Wars animated series so much. We decided to go back to the beginning. So what we're going to do on this show is we are going to discuss every arc of Clone Wars, uh, not every single episode, unless it's just a standalone, then we'll just discuss that episode. But every arc in the chronological to the story uh, actual release, uh, not the way that they were released, which uh, seems like they kind of went back to tell some prequels uh, to mm-hmm. <laughs> stories within the actual uh, Clone Wars animated series. So some of it can get kind of confusing story-wise unless you uh, watch it in chronological order, which we are doing. So if you want to follow along with that, just Google Clone Wars chronological order. The first thing that comes up is a great article on StarWars.com. Uh, so the first little arc uh, is the two episodes that are actually before the Clone Wars uh, theatrically released film. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the episodes that we're discussing today, Ken, are from uh, season two. Uh, the first one is season two, episode 16, called Cat and Mouse. And the second one is season one, also episode 16, Hidden Enemy. Uh, you have any big picture thoughts just on the Clone Wars and kind of why we're discussing it before we dive in? I th- First of all, I'm really excited, legitimately excited uh, when, when we talked about doing something like this and then, and then you came back with this great plan of let's do chronological, let's break it up by arc. I think that's important. I have never done a full Clone Wars rewatch. It's always uh hunt and pack, right? It's just here and there, go back and, 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 and watch something. And I never watched it in chronological order, mostly because I was watching it as it was aired on TV. And furthermore, when people would bring it up, I'd be like, I don't care. I just don't care. I, I I don't know why they I don't even remember the full story of how that happened. I don't care. I'll enjoy the Clone Wars as it, as it was. So this is the first time I've done it. We're two episodes in, Joseph, and I was so excited. I was like, I can't believe I haven't done this before. <laughs> um, uh, because of what the Clone Wars did to the prequel era, how it brought in so many people to Star Wars, t- to now see it in this actual story. It uh, the, the two episodes we're talking about today, I'll tell you right now, I'm not lying. I have almost no memory of these episodes. <laughs> almost none. I, I kind of remember some parts of them. And that's because having rewatched a lot of the Clone Wars, just you might skip over this one or you might watch it and not connect because you're like, I don't, when, when is this? What is this? It's not a slide on the show at all. So I got a lot out of these two episodes and doing this. And I'm really excited for this project we're doing. Excellent. I'm super excited to honestly get more out of the episodes. There's a ton in the Clone Wars that I have loved and really got a lot out of. But I think one of the really great things about it, the more time I watch episodes, the more time I think about it is, you know, not only is Clone Wars beloved, it seems to be this great part of Star Wars where the people who watch it love it. And if people aren't interested in the prequel era, they seem to just not watch it (laughs) or, you know, not be super negative about it. So it's a it's a very joyful part of Star Wars. 
And then it's this part of Star Wars where I just kind of feel like you can't underestimate how much this was George Lucas's playground, right? This is the, obviously he worked with Dave Filoni and uh, took uh, Filoni as his Padawan and many other writers and creators and animators, all that. But just from the perspective of Lucas, I just see that kid dreaming of a galaxy far, far away with, uh, you know, a billion years in the making, you know, seven uh, battles on seven worlds and all the things that he kind of wanted to do in the films that this is an opportunity to take every influence, every theme, and just really celebrate it and give it its due. And what I'm most interested in as we go through this rewatch is, because The Clone Wars has uh, great characters, funny moments, uh, really consistent amounts of uh, cool space action, that sometimes you can kind of glaze over the ideas in what's really, really at stake. It's sometimes just kind of shoved into the corners. But when you look at like, oh, that's the motivation of why our heroes are doing the things that they are doing. It becomes really, really rich in terms of thinking about what the story of Star Wars is, particularly from the perspective of Lucas, who is obviously closely involved in all of this all the time. Yeah, what I really love about what you just said is something I felt watching these episodes yesterday and even before we recorded here. I guarantee you when I say I have no memory of these episodes, that's one of it's just because there's a lot of episodes, right? And it's just, you can, you can kind of fold things over into one, but two, I think I, 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 I am watching star Wars in a different way and have been watching star Wars in a different way for a few years now that you're right. This could have been a, wow, that was some cool action. And I would not even have paid attention to Obi-Wan kind of explaining it's important how we fight or what we're doing in this war. Uh, and, and there's some great moments there or the stuff that we're going to talk about with slick. I have some, I have some thoughts. On slick. All right. Some slick thoughts. Nice. <laughs> and you know, and I guarantee you, I would have, especially when this aired, didn't connect with it and just probably saw cool fighting and there's some cool fighting, but yeah, you see that, you see that, um, that, uh, the DNA of the big themes pop, pop up. And this is another reason I'm excited to rewatch it all. Excellent. I am excited too. So let's dive in. We're going to talk kind of big picture themes and ideas here in the first half. And then we're going to get into all of the great uh, action moments, comedy moments, whimsy moments, uh, canon connections, all that kind of stuff in the second half. So let's start with the morals. Uh, these are these two episodes, I think, are connected, but they both have their own uh, complete narrative within them. And the first one, uh, Cat and Mouse, has the moral, a wise leader knows when to follow. And the second one, Hidden Enemy, has the moral, truth enlightens the mind, but won't always bring happiness to your heart. <laughs> Which uh, I love looking at these morals because they can also just sort of, uh, you know, wash over you. They, they start at the beginning of the episode and you're like, yeah, that's wise. But then when you look at what they really mean and how they impact the episode and just truth enlightens the mind, but won't always bring happiness to your heart. That was like, all right, damn kids, buckle up. This is not just... <laughs> You know, tie your shoelaces and look uh, twice before you cross the street. This is heavy. Like, you need to know the truth, but you're not always going to like it, kids. Anyway, buckle up for Star Wars. Isn't that what David Prowse was known for a lot in the UK before Darth Vader? He did those uh, look both ways before you cross the street PSA commercials, right? It's all Star Wars. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. How are you affected uh, by these morals? Any thoughts on what they actually mean within the episode or, your, yeah. or their their general wisdom? I mean, there are general wisdom, right? Uh, the first one uh, is, is look, I, in, in my best days as in a leadership position, I'd always say I, I work for all of you, not not you work for me. 
my worst days, I'd be like, listen to me. Um, but uh, I, so I like that one a lot. We can get into to what that means. I think that one specifically, I, I funny, I, I thought it was a lesson for you, Lauren, uh, a character I love. I love the you, Lauren stuff in this, in this first episode here. Um, uh, the second one, man, it, it, it's definitely, you know, because of the hidden enemy and what we learned about slick and, and Cody and Rex, but I gotta tell you, we'll dive into later. I, I'm like, is is this some uh, warning to the Jedi, <laughs> <laughs> and and to their relationships with the war and the clones? And you really learn some truth. It's it's a truth maybe you need to hear, but it's not going to make you uh, comfortable. Bigger thoughts. I don't think it's directly dealt with in this episode or meant to be a foreboding warning. But I took it as that, just with the whole story now complete and behind us. Yeah, I and and I think that they both work on multiple levels. I think a, a wise leader knows when to follow. Uh, definitely true of Yularen, but also true of Obi Wan. You know, we'll get into it, but Anakin really just directly disobeys Obi Wan, and then eventually Obi Wan, you know, concedes and goes along with it, and it it works out. So I felt like that was multifaceted. And truth enlightens the mind, but won't always bring happiness to your heart. Like, yeah, absolutely, that worked out to me on every level. That was about. Uh, the clones finding out that Slick was betraying them. That was the clones having to think about the truth of what Slick said. That's about the Jedi having to think right. about and eventually pay for the truth of what uh, Slick was saying. So, like, mm. yeah, that, is, that was great. Uh, mm. Morals. Uh, let's move into the just overall reaction. I think we've both been positive about these two episodes. Uh, where would you kind of, how would you describe your your level of engagement? Did you love these episodes? Did you like them? Were there parts where you're like, I love that, but I kind of struggle with this? Where, where are we at big picture? No, I tell you, big picture wise, uh, that's what I really loved about these two episodes <clears throat> is they're really seamless, even though they're completely different and <laughs> in different seasons. Um, and I'll start here. This is the first time. Okay, so now I understand in a way, I don't know if I agree still, I don't know if I agree with George putting them in the theaters, those first four episodes make into a movie. I don't know to this day. I don't know. You saw it in the theater. I didn't. So you have some thoughts on that too. <laughs> but I understand starting with that action, right? That is a get in late kind of uh, storytelling tactic, right? We're on Christophsis. We got a big battle. Um, it, it's a great way to start the series. This is a prequel to the, the movie essentially. But I got to tell you something. I have never been more excited to watch that movie in my Star Wars life. Never. That's next what we're talking about. I, when General Lothsam showed up, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. we're getting ready for a battle. <laughs> I was really, it really worked for me. And this is why this chronological thing that I, I, I tell you, I, did, I would tell, I don't care about it. I don't care about the chronological order. It just seems a lot of work. Now that we're doing this, I, I'm, I'm excited. So that is an overall reaction. As far as things I struggle with, a couple of times, look, we're dealing with um, mid-2000 uh, animation tech, not, not the style, but just the tech and the capabilities. Yeah, you can see sometimes... I don't know. It looked like the Dire Straits "Money for Nothing" video for me a couple moments there, um, and so it's something I, I'm not struggling with now. But I can see why I was struggling with it a little bit back then. If you were of that type, like, what is this Star Wars cartoon? I don't know. It doesn't look. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. I get it, uh, and and I'm on board with you. Um, I really, really like these episodes a ton. I think that they're in some ways are just such great representation of uh, the Clone Wars in that there's, you know, lots of action. Mm -hmm. There is humor and the, the characters kind of uh, popping off of one another. It's got like a, a lot of style to it and a lot of the Star Wars action from ships to lightsabers to uh, blaster fire to, you know, clones ripping droids heads off. It's <laughs> got it all. But all of that is in service of ideas. All of that is set in motion by things that have meaning 
And these two episodes, when you watch them chronologically, and I think it, the value of it is not just the loss of confusion of like, hey, why am I in deep in season one seeing General Loathsome and seeing Ventress go to the ship she's going to use to kidnap Rada? Like, yes. it's not just about the confusion. To me, these two episodes are setting the table. Mm -hmm. They're showing us what's at stake in the war uh, from a kind of moral perspective. And they're really setting the the vibe and relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan before it is altered in some ways by the presence of Ahsoka. So I feel like if you watch them chronologically, it just it enhances the actual ideas, the meaning and the character arcs. Mm, yeah, full agreement there. Awesome. Clearly, Force Setter hates Ahsoka. We, you heard it here. <laughs> no, you're right. It is. I thought that too. Like, oh, this because they're coming. This is coming out of Attack of the Clones, you know. And so you're getting to see them build those steps there. And and uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of a uh, vital missing modern canon of uh, Anakin's uh, scar, knighthood, and haircut. But besides that, it's <laughs> we know it's early in the war. Um, yeah, and, and I guess just to kind of take a step back, uh, I assume that most people listening are either know these episodes like the back of their hand or are rewatching. But if you're not just a big picture thing, the, the first episode we're talking about cat and mouse is an episode about, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, breaking the blockade, uh, on Christophsis and getting down to the planet. And then the second episode is Anakin and Obi-Wan trying to kind of, uh, take Christophsis, uh, having a lot of setbacks and ending up in this position where they're desperately defending Christophsis, as we uh, see in the beginning of the Clone Wars animated movie. So with that out of the way, let's talk our favorite thing, Ken. Themes. What ideas do you think are at stake in these episodes, uh, both individually and as a whole? What what resonated with you? Uh, the I put down the note of like how you fight. Now, that's not necessarily super specific. I think it's general. I, but I'm going to this moment of of obi-wan and, and anakin going back and forth and, and obi-wan saying more important to save lives than destroy ships which to me is is this morality in this war a war that they've, they've jedi felt they had to be a, a part of right or wrong a war that i think for the most part i'd say was was, was good I, I mean you know the separatists controlled by a dark evil lord whether they knew it or not so i was focusing on that though of just like Anakin kind of, I'm generalizing, me smash now. And <laughs> Obi-Wan saying, no, 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 this we're not here necessarily to defeat. We're here for bigger reasons. And it's it's the lives, it's the people, it's 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 that's the galaxy the galaxy is what we're fighting for. And I, I I focused on that one of all of all the themes. Yeah. I think that we're on the same page. I think uh I definitely focused on that for the first episode. But yeah. then taking it with the second episode, which is, you know, more about uh, the clones uh, being betrayed by one of their own. And it, it comes around to uh, Slick's motivation is feeling like he he and all the clones are enslaved by the Jedi. So, you know, this moral uh, dilemma of I sold the clones out and some of them will have to die in order for all of us to realize that we can be free of this. Mm -hmm. uh, so you putting those two themes together, it just felt like this little arc is just about it's setting the table for the moral quandaries of the war mm. of Obi-Wan is absolutely coming at this from standard Jedi perspective. Uh, absolutely. The first thing that we do is we 
get these relief supplies to Baylor Ghana uh, to Christophsis. We save lives, we defend. And then Anakin has this uh, perspective of no, uh, I mean, yes, yes, but no. <laughs> uh, yeah. The way that we do that, I think tactically, the way we do that is we're not going to be able to save those lives unless we kill this guy first, unless we blow up Admiral Trench's ship. And the normal Star Wars storytelling would be Obi-Wan would end up being right. And Anakin is the, you know, impetuous, uh, young, aggressive character who who doesn't listen to the wisdom. But this is such a great Star Wars twist that Anakin was technically tactically correct. He needed to be offensive in order to save lives, which that just immediately puts all of this weight on the Jedi perspective of the war. If they're Mm -hmm. trying to lead with, no, 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 we're, we're just a shield. We're just about compassion. We're just defending. But Anakin being really uh, offensive and demanding that he had to blow someone up first was mm. correct. So what do we do with that? Yeah. And then immediately being like, well, we're, we are immediately at the beginning, basically the beginning of this war, near the beginning. Yeah. In the second episode, we're already fractured from the inside. Uh, it's already clones questioning the morality of their actions and and forcing us to uh, question the morality of those actions. And I think that that sort of moral quandary of war theme in these two episodes is really communicated also just by the style of the plot as well as the actual events of the plot, given that they both have this big sense of the unknown in in terms of just genre pastiche, which uh, a lot of the Clone Wars is hey, it's Star Wars, but from this fun uh, genre perspective, the first one is kind of a, a submarine adventure, even down to the lighting of the stealth ship, right? I, I have the note. I was like, this is the uh, U571 DOS boat and torpedo run and <laughs> periscope and down periscope, whatever, and Mikhail's Navy. It's it's definitely all of it. And I loved that because we talk about pulling, you know, westerns or the samurai films and everything and, and and to have that a world war ii vibe it's it's why i like the opening of last jedi because i'm such a fan of memphis bell the movie um and, and i love those kind of vibes i absolutely agree with you there on that one yeah and i think naturally that that submarine vibe is one about you're in the murky depths you don't yep. know exactly what the other person is doing you're trying to guess and then the second episode is you know it's very star wars but it's a little spy thriller it's a little you know who done it it's a little uh you know John Lacar is, you know, it's it's not that complex of a plot, but it is a little, you know, uh, Tinker uh, Taylor clone Jedi, <laughs> you know, uh, even down to Anakin and Obi Wan going, yeah, Ventress is probably messing with us, but let's just go spring the trap. Everything about it has that sense of the unknown, and you got characters like Obi Wan and Yularen who are a little bit more seasoned, and they're like, we're pretty sure that we've got our heads screwed up, screwed on straight, and we're pretty sure that we know how to approach all of this murky stuff in in, in, same with Rex, honestly, and and Cody. And they do come across as they are absolutely heroes with their heads held high and they have the best intentions, but we immediately see them gummed up in moral ambiguity and the kind of moral ambiguity that, that makes you as the viewer, if you want to go, Ooh, I know they mean well, but were they right? Yeah. One of our new favorite force center for, well, it's always been one of our favorites, juicy. Uh, when you place this on the timeline and you've mentioned a little bit, I was going to mention it too, with some of the venture stuff, there is an amount of, uh, an amount of time between attack the clones. And now, um, uh, if some of those details have been filled in, I currently don't remember or haven't read it or, you know, canon stuff. Yeah. Uh, part of it was the Gennady Tart- Tartakovsky, you ooh. know, did some stuff 
uh, right. but that's not canon anymore. So there's, right. you know, okay. Amb- ambiguity yeah. there. Um, but the fact that early, this is early on. And I was fascinated by when that rookie comes on the, uh, the submarine there, or the ship that, uh, the stealth ship that, uh, the carry on spike is kind of eventually based on, um, designed around, uh, he pops on and there's al- already kind of like, Oh kid, you're going to learn something about working with Anakin. Like, <laughs> Oh man, I thought I was like, wow, so they've already, things are already in place. So then that's in my head. And then when you start seeing stuff with slick, this isn't a four years in the clones look around and go, Hey, anyone have some thoughts? They are basically birthed into this world and immediately are like, who am I? Who are we? What are we doing here? Oh, we're fighting a war. And that stuff that, that tantalizing, uh, complicated layers of, of their existence in this war is already there. And that's something that I don't think I really picked up on back in 2008, nine. Yeah, like Chopper's already scarred, right? You know, it, yeah. it's it, the the war hasn't been going on that long in, in the big picture, but there's already lots of you know scars and, and ambiguity, which I think is is great. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about how the themes in these individual arcs reflect larger storytelling or morality or perspective of Star Wars. What jumped out to you of like, in terms of other big ideas we talk in Star Wars? What felt like it was at stake? I, I I think what's at stake for me was was uh, in, in saving this, trying needing to save this world. It's not just it's not just uh, tactical reasons, but it is. But then I, I I thought about some of the other planets. Eventually, you'll run into the planets that don't want to get involved, um, and, and and them choosing to be out. A lot of the Mandalorian stuff. Um, I don't know. I just thought this sets the template for what's to to come in the war, not just in the story, but how they how they approach it and what's what's valuable and it's the people and that might lead to some mistakes of, of pulling in or trying to get in planets involved. Um, I don't know. Stuff like that was what I focused on is just the actual, what go, how you go forward with this war. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're on the same place uh, because I'm really obsessed with the Jedi perspective of the war, how they mm-hmm. fell into this trap. Uh, and that's a question that comes up with fans. Sometimes they're like, well, if Yoda knew that the dark side was falling, you know, why did they just, the shroud of the dark side is falling because the Clone Wars are starting. Why did they go along with it? And this is the, the, again, that word juicy, the juicy thing I love about the Jedi trying to walk this really difficult path of choosing when to act and when not to act and trying to uh, define when an action is defense, when it's, hey, somebody else is being hurt and we have the power to intervene and therefore the responsibility to responsibility to intervene versus are we making things worse and we all know the big picture that ultimately they made things worse they allowed themselves to be drawn into a trap so here we have these early early episodes early part of the clone wars and these episodes just straight up tell us that someone from christophsis is on a hollow in the jedi council uh, chamber saying we are being taken over for our resources against our will by the separatists, Jedi, please be the shield, defend us. And the yeah. Jedi say yes. And that's why they're there at all. That's why they're involved to begin with. And then on top of that, the immediate thing that's going on is the people there are suffering. So Bail Organa is trying uh, to bring relief supplies. And that's all Obi-Wan cares about. Of We can fight later. I'm not interested in fighting. I don't want to defeat anyone. I want to feed people and clothe people on Christophsis because mm. they asked for help. 
So again, for me, it's a little bit of um, justice for the Jedi. I mean, the Clone Wars were still ultimately in error, but this is such a great way to see how difficult that choice would be of like, Mm -hmm. what, they're just, Christophsis is going to buzz in on the hollow and go, please, please, please help us. And they're going to be like, nah, fighting is bad at all times, period. Great stuff, because I'm thinking, too, some of our recent discussions about Dooku and Obi-Wan Attack of the Clones or Force Center scene by scene, and there's some stuff you touched upon in there of just, like, the clones showing up with Yoda, the 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 attack of the clones, was this, I guess you could call it a trap, a play, a chess move by Dooku by drawing them in because they knew they needed to go save these folks, right? Save their pals. Yeah. Where they going to let them go? And time and time again, you're going to say, yes, that's what they're going to have to do. The great It was a great shot of, of Yoda kind of taking in the Khalif and the Christophsis people because uh, I believe it's uh, the narrator, Tom Kane, that says, like, they were trying to defend themselves and, the, and, and, and that wasn't working, right? It was going away. So now uh, flash forward to, again, some of the Mandalorian stuff where there's a little bit of this, like, all right, Mandalorians, we're worried you're choosing the wrong side, so we're going to go maybe help make that decision with you. In a way, I'm generalizing. Yeah. Very much the Mandalorian arc stuff with Satine. Um, and that's what I'm talking about, this template of just like what what what's there for? Uh what what are we there for? And and they're not, yeah, and and, and I, I I thought of the yeah, remember the Trace and Rafa stuff that we learned later on about how we talked about that, how their experience wasn't wrong, but the Jedi made a choice they probably would have to make time and time again. How you deal with it afterwards might be the more important thing. Uh Star Wars talks a lot about the choice after the choice. <laughs> um, so it all ties together to me and, and here it is in this, in this episode, even, even just that intro. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a thing that I will probably be on about, uh, a lot as we go through these episodes is, you know, that's the setup for this is relief and a request for aid is mm-hmm. uh, what a, a total of maybe 90 seconds to two minutes of the storytelling and the rest is fun star Wars action, but it tells you so much. And it's going to continue, I think, with why the Jedi are on certain missions, and in particular with Bale and Padme, that these are explicitly political issues. And Bale and Padme are cast as kind of the true heroes, even more than the Jedi, that they are always trying to find a way to end the war, Mm -hmm. to compromise, and to stop people from suffering. And it's because they're politicians, it's it's often through political things like, yeah, relief is a priority. <laughs> right. Refugees are a priority. And, and that kind of um, those kind of ideas are, are all throughout uh, Clone Wars. And I'm going to be really interested to see uh, how much they pop up. Yeah. Um, any uh, any other big sort of Star Wars ideas or themes that you saw reflected in these two episodes? Uh, uh, no, I'm going to move some of them down to the, uh, some of the other stuff here. I got, I got, I got a little things, but I, I'm realizing it's more of a connections lore, smaller scale. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, I think for me, the other thing that I really enjoyed and, and I don't often think of as a big star Wars theme, but I, I think it is, is just the general idea of questioning authority. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, this great tension in Star Wars and I think in Lucas's uh, vision of it that, you know, Lucas has a lot of storytelling that is the Joseph Campbell, the hero's myth. And a part of that is r- that hero's journey cycle is really big on you encounter the mentor and the mentor passes wisdom and knowledge to you. And then the mentor steps out of the way so you can become what you were meant to be. Um, 
And then also, there's a big part of Lucas that is kind of an iconoclast and a rebel and somebody who uh, doesn't trust organizations. Almost every organization he creates in Star Wars it crumbles under its own weight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, from the Jedi to the Empire to you know, all, all sorts of different stuff. And then you look at his real life and, you know, you look at that... Um, that great documentary about the the making of the original trilogy and his fights with the studios and like in his head he's a scrappy independent filmmaker you know yeah. and the the big corporations are always uh misunderstanding him and you know he's forced out of the director's guild so he's also on one hand he's very much about mentorship he's very much about this is how young people enter the world and become who they need to be but he's also got this real, like, he's, you know, in a, a punk in a flannel shirt going, yeah, I don't trust authority, man, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I really felt like that tension was at work in, you know, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, Obi-Wan is the wise one. And there are moments where Anakin really could have and should have learned from him. But mm -hmm. that this first episode in chronological order is Anakin learning the dubious lesson that as sometimes being on the offense, in fact, is that, that clone says when you're with general Skywalker, you're always on the offense, right? That being on the offense can be a way to achieve good and pure goals. He gets the the supplies uh, to the people on Christophsis and Obi-Wan has to go, all right, I was wrong. You had a, you had a better tactic. So there is this real tension about the relationship between mentors and students and this idea that you should always question authority. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like that might come into play with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Just Yeah, a little bit, a little bit here and there. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, we can dive into a little bit more of that. Uh, any other thoughts before we take our break, Ken? Uh, no, just uh, uh, ready to dive back into the submarine and the Clone Wars here. All right. We're going to get into our space sub, take a break, and we'll be back to discuss all the action in the comedy and the fun and lore of this. these two episodes of the Clone Wars. Back in a moment. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, 
Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. are back to navigate the murky depths of the first two chronological episodes of the Clone Wars Cat and Mouse and Hidden Enemy. Ken, we're going to dive into some of the fun details because we like talking about the themes, but it is all the details that make it really uh, feel like Star Wars and feel like fun and adventure as well as uh, heart and depth. So do you have a favorite action moment? You, you touched upon the submarine stuff earlier, and I'm glad you did because the vibe was there. But I specifically loved the tension, the 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 sonar, the red lighting, hunt for Red October type of tension of when they're passing by and not knowing if they're going to get hit by the incoming rockets, not knowing if they're going to get discovered in in a, in a show that has a lot of wonderful pew 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 moments and and those kind of things. And this these episodes both have those too. Things that, again, if I'd seen these episodes and these were the first two, I was pulled in by the Clone Wars early, but if these were the first two, I'd have been like, all right, there's a, there's a, there's some Star Wars-y Star Wars in here. <laughs> but this stuff, the quiet, quiet tension, I just really loved it. Worth a read. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think one of the other great things about it is in some episodes of Clone Wars as we go on, uh, the tension with Anakin always being on the offensive is sometimes he just jumps forward and he, you know, uh, throws droids around and he slashes them to bits. Mm. This was such a great, like, Anakin is demanding to be uh, on the offense, but it is in this quiet, you know, it, it made me think of he's a cunning warrior, right? Mm. Of, of Obi-Wan describing him that way, mm. of uh, uh, the tactics, and also just, like, being able to it's a great reinforcement of his character starting in the Phantom Menace that some of his uh, breakthroughs in the action are his knowledge of technical things about like guessing, yeah. like I bet it's the magnetic signature. Mm. Yeah. That's I, I glad you said that. Cause it, I'm just thinking it's a little more loud and wild, but him fixing the pod on the fly in the race, either it can't start or it, you know, his uh, engines come apart. It's, it's a different vibe, but it is that, Things Anakin's got a plan, and when things go awry, he's smart enough to figure it out, smart enough to stick to his guns. There's a lot of that there that connects back to little Annie. Yeah, yeah, little Annie's got a submarine. <laughs> now this is quiet, stealthy pod racing. Um, for me, uh, there are a couple of things I liked. Uh, I, I, I think one, uh, eh, I guess criticism, sometimes when I watch Clone Wars, uh, I always enjoy the action. Sometimes when there's a lot of Jedi just uh, reflecting the blaster bolts, sometimes I'm like, use the force, <laughs> yeah. pull some things, throw some things. So I always really like it uh, when the force is used uh, to throw things around. And I particularly like that scene uh, where Ventress pulls uh, those uh, data pads, or I don't know if they're ancient Christophsis books uh, off of the shelf. Christophsis is, is such a you know beautiful design. And I like those elegant, uh, if they're data pads or books, I wasn't sure. But I love that she throws them at them and then <laughs> Anakin and Obi-Wan catch them and throw them back. It's like, it's such a great, like, you're powerful Ventress, uh, but, you know, 
you're not super yeah. more powerful than that. You you can keep us on our toes, but we're on top of this, you know, and it's yeah. ventures always escapes in a like, you know, uh, surprising, uh, good strategy kind of way, but she's not, you know, totally physically overpowering yeah. uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan as force users. So I really like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That just reminds me of any like action movie where a hero or a character, the, the guns out of bullets and they start throwing the gun at the people or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. And it's just like the trying to take them by surprise of like, Oh, did you think I was going to kick you? No, I'm going to throw something from across the room at you with the force. And, and a great lightsaber fight. And this is the first in the series, really, you know, te- technically if you're watching it this way and it, and, it, and it delivers just on a lightsaber fight level. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way it's edited to cut back and forth with the uh, the pursuit in the attempt to discover Slick. And it gives yep. it this great, great tension, very cinematic, the way it's cut away from uh, kind of the high beats of the of the lightsaber fight. Um, another just uh, action moment that I always enjoy, and it happens a lot in the Clone Wars, is there's that great tension of the battle droids are played for comedy, particularly early on in the Clone Wars. Uh, but they're also this just endless force, these clankers, these machines of death that are scarring and killing these poor clones. So there's this tension between them. But there are a lot of great beats where one lonely clone is uh, or one lonely droid is thrown off of something. <laughs> it makes it makes you feel for them, doesn't it? In a weird way. It does. And I just I, the the beat in this is when both Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, steal the staffs, <laughs> the uh, single true burial platform, which I've always loved the design of those. Always thought they were super cool. Yeah. Uh, and I love that both Anakin and Obi-Wan, even this early in the war, just know like, yeah, I mean, those are basically those aren't enemies to be worried about. Those are basically like, you know, those uh, communal bikes that you just find on the sidewalk you can just take them all you have to do is just kick that lonely droid off and listen to it go ah drop them off somewhere yeah so i love just the the aesthetic the ease of it and then that little bit of sadness of of feeling for that droid who is you know also just caught in the machinery of war um other action beat i wanted to ask you about because i i remembered it just as it was coming up the nastiness of uh, Slick's uh, leg crunch on or twist, whatever right. it is he's doing to Rex's leg and whatever pops. Oh, man, that's disturbing. That it, it happens to me every morning I wake up and I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I, I did think I was like, oh, is there I can't remember if there's any lingering damage. Like, is, is Rex limping in the movie? Because he needs to be <laughs> like, unless unless they have great healing powers because of their accelerated growth that meniscus is back uh, healthy by the next uh, scene, I guess. I don't know. I oh, yeah, that's that's a beautiful fantasy of Star Wars, immediate knee surgery. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. That was, it was a pretty vicious fight, a good fight. And go back, I, I did like the uh, when the droids are marching in, when they're caught. It's real. Like, you're right. The droids are, are the, the butter of the Jedi slice through, uh, you know, as Spielberg and Luke <laughs> talked about in that, that documentary, the beginnings. But there's some real like, oh, crap, we got something going on. And, 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 and yes, there's many and, and they're bowling pins you can knock over, but it's still a threat. I did like that. Yeah, you're right. When, when the ambush actually happens in the mm-hmm. cool buildings on uh, Christophsis, there is that sense of, yeah, there's just kind of a flood of them and there's just blaster fire everywhere. And it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. Uh, did you have a favorite moment of comedy or whimsy or weirdness? Yeah, I think it's all all three. Uh, no, there's two little quotes. Uh, it uh, Obi Wan saying uh, two steps forward and you'd actually kiss it." 
uh, about the, <laughs> the cloaking shield or the ship and everything. It was, yeah. uh, it was funny. Um, and I, I don't know, in their exchange there, I just kind of love what Anakin blurts out. I'm still the delivery boy. <laughs> Very kind of kind of real world, kind of uh, a little tinge of, uh, you know, I, I want to be the hero. Uh, yeah, just I love that moment. Yeah, and it it and that's I'm glad you pointed that out because that's also just a as we track these characters, Anakin can't have been a knight for that long, right. and you know they're technically you know uh, he, he's not Obi Wan's Padawan anymore, yeah, uh, but he still is uh, follow, you know following Obi Wan even though they're they're both generals, uh, yeah. and that and that gives that great tension to it of like oh the, the delivery boy is actually the one who changes the plan and and it works out for the best. Yeah. And also, by the way, it's a weird, it's, it's an interesting, you, know, you look at Padme, uh, you know, part of her identity is as the queen, um, she gets to play a quote, lowly handmaiden go around and doing chores and kind of learning and figuring out her way around that. And her going like, yep, I'll go clean the droid. And here's Hannigan going, I, got, I still gotta be, I gotta deliver things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, his literal first line in Phantom Menace is, uh, I was cleaning the fan switches in Hatis, right? So he's, he's got a reason to not like menial yeah. labor. That's true. <laughs> I apologize, Anakin. I'm sure your little, little trauma in your past probably makes you don't want to do tasks you don't want to do. He should yeah. still be, learn to be a Jedi and be humble, you know, but yeah. Well, and you know, and, um, my name is Anakin. I'm a, I'm a, you know, my name is Anakin. I'm a boy, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's good. Yeah. 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 I'm with you, Anakin. Again, I'm a person, not a delivery guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of just great uh, uh, banter and energy of that. I loved when Obi Wan and Anakin were on uh, the speeder bikes and just kind of going back and forth about uh, springing the trap. You know, I think that is for all the big ideas. I think that is one of the just like I, I, whenever Obi Wan and Anakin are just kind of bantering, like mm-hmm. every once in a while, you get a little bit of that. Yep, it's we're foreshadowing uh, the sadness and the tragedy of this relationship but when they're just kind of bantering that's when i really feel lucas the kid who just wants to see you know some heroes go on an adventure so i always really like that especially that energy of just like you know we're being looked at yeah more and more you know there's a trap yeah yeah let's go in and find out all right like all that banter is just yeah, it's got a great energy to it. There's some great action movie kind of moments, and how'd you get in here? Like, uh, you know, all those kind of things. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, um, I love Obi Wan flirting with Ventress, which is I always forget when I go back to the beginning that that is not subtle. No, no, her uh, Ventress she checks some boxes. I'll admit. Um, yeah, and uh, I I did notice that too. And and that and that I'm glad you brought that up because because uh, flirtation jokes aside, um. It, that was when I really was like, okay, yeah, there is enough time between Attack of Clones and here that I want some storytelling, some official storytelling. I don't know what that was. I'm not going to go start a hashtag or anything for it, but like they know each other, you know what I mean? And yeah, you, you, you mentioned the, the Tarakasi Clone War stuff and, and, and a lot of they're pulled from a lot of that too, you know, at least in, in re- vague references that some of it is canon, but it's not officially canon. So yeah, uh, there's room. There's room. 
Yeah, yeah, and it, it just it's one of the things that fleshes out his character, Obi Wan's character, a little bit, and it it makes sense that he's the same kind of guy who like, ooh, you know, I want to go down to Dexter's diner and you know have a debate about the nature of droids and uh, and politics and philosophy, and also like, yeah, you know, maybe he uh, exchanged some uh, Beaumont and some raised eyebrows there with her Hermione Bagua, the, the waitress there, like that's a part of him. And then you know, uh, I, I phrased it as Obi Wan flirting with Ventress, but. It, it's that's a two way street, right? Ventress is flirting with Obi Wan, and and that also feels like a little bit of their their duel, and and we see yep. that a lot from Force users of like they are aware that it is their their connection to their Force, their skill with a lightsaber, but they're always playing like a little bit of a mental chess game, and it almost seems like they're trying to throw one another off with like, are we actually attracted to one another? Or are we playing one another? And I like that vibe as well. I did not realize until now that they are season one, Sam and Diane from Cheers. I just didn't realize. It. I just didn't. Until you <laughs> they really are. They really are. Uh, that's great. Uh, we'll have to figure out who in the Clone Wars is uh, season one, Cliff Clavin. <laughs> I don't think we get to meet young, uh, young Bren Derlin in the Clone uh, Wars, but maybe we should. Um, two other moments for me though. I just love the comedy whimsy and weirdness. I'm going to put this under weirdness. Uh, the hyena bombers making that weird mechanical creepy laugh. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, the hyena is like, hey, they're vulture droids, they're hyena bombers, I get it. Uh, but <laughs> the mm. fact they have that weird kind of creepy laugh, I was like, whoa, let me uh, let me rewind and, uh, and enjoy that again. I love that. Yeah. Uh, my final one, I think, is one that you uh, will probably enjoy as well. I like Admiral Trench. Uh, for lots of reasons, I like that villain of the great tactician. Yalaren sells the fear of him so well, but he's also just an absolutely uh, mustache twirling uh, Saturday afternoon serial uh, pulp adventure villain. Um, and I love how much they lean into that with things like I will be your doom. Uh, but in particular, his early line of I smell fear and it smells good. Right. <laughs> yeah no yeah it's exactly right kind of star wars like you know i don't know i think sometimes uh because the movies in particular can have such depth of character and such depth of theme and emotion that i i like the part of star wars that is still a b movie you know mm -hmm. the, go ahead yeah, yeah no i i like I, I like that you bring that up because i think historically for myself i don't know if i would have say yeah like i like a spider as a villain in star wars you know um, I sometimes maybe push back on that. That's that's me. It's I got to work through that. But when you when you ta attach this to Attack of the Clones, you got a, a big spider, you know, uh, being a B movie villain. You're right. It's you can so tell. Yeah, you imagine. I imagine George in a conference room, like, uh, okay, you know, I'm not gonna do a George impersonation, but just like, okay, I got an idea. It's a spider. <laughs> what George? It's a it's a big spider. He's a spider guy. Yeah, you know. And he has a big weird kind of mustache thing that he does twirl, and he's got a he's got a stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it very well could have been a, a a concept artist who came up with it. I don't want to take anyone any credit away. I'm just having fun with that story. But I, yeah, I, I, you're totally right. It is uh, part of the part of George's uh, tastes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, we could go on and on with favorite moments of comedy and whimsy and weirdness, but let's move on to kind of big canon or lore connections to other stories. What did you have here that that jumped out to you? Well, so I, I I'll start with the ship, the design of this uh, cloak 
ship and gosh i had it up on wikipedia and i accidentally deleted that all right there you go good job ken um of what the actual model number is i don't have to study it anymore so i forget um i like it so because it could it has a a um a little bit of that mccory there's a, i think an, an earlier concept for even the falcon or the blockade runner uh going into new hope that kind of has this vibe uh someone might correct me out there on the specifics but so i just love that i love when that kind of stuff gets pulled in and then this does in story is kind of a little bit of what Tarkin's carry on Spike ship is designed around, which a ship that goes all the way up to, you know, to Terex and, and the Poe Dameron comic. And so I just like that design because it is, it is not quite a, what I call classic star Wars design. It almost looks 2001 space odyssey type. So I just like that outside connection and kind of in story connection that worked for me. Yeah, I, I really like the long history of the that ship design as you laid out. And I feel like that's a great design thing to be thinking about as we watch the Clone Wars. Obviously, the prequel era was big for Lucas really wanting to expand the palette of like, yeah, we know X-Wings, we know TIE Fighters, we know Millennium Falcon. We got kind of this Star Wars aesthetic, uh, but we're going to push a little bit and create lots of different things. And I think in that experimentation of palette, you get things that are a little just closer to other properties, but then you bring them into star Wars and they feel like a star Wars thing. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's, that's what I got out of that. Um, I was really affected by not only just the presence of Bale and being reminded that, uh, his deep connection to these stories of, uh, look at him. He's already on, a relief run in, in, you know, the Leia princess of Aldron book. That's some of her early missions is, uh, is doing relief. That's, you know, when she uh, kind of disobeys orders, it's, it's to go <laughs> bring uh, relief to, to planets in need. And then I was literally, I didn't remember that was in this episode. I was literally thinking, Oh wow. Like one of the first episodes of clone wars is, you know, Senator Bail Organa working with general Kenobi in the clone wars yeah. And that was right before we got the direct callback uh, or call forward, depending on your point of view, of uh, him, of Bale, the hologram of Bale saying to Obi-Wan, help us, General Kenobi, you're our only hope. Mm-hmm. Too much for you? Uh, nope. Too direct to Star Wars poetry? Or did you get the chills? Nope. I loved it. I wrote that down as well. I loved it. I loved the little reverse of, of the Organa hologram calling to a, a, a real Obi-Wan there. I loved it. No, it, it to me it's not too cute because it it's 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 partially cute. It's a wink there, but there's a purpose there. And to, to answer what you just described, to say like, hey, we're, we're fulfilling the the promise of hey, General Kenobi, years ago you served my fo- father in the Clone Wars. Like here it is, uh, we're seeing it, and and I love that. And, and and what it says about Bale, he's on the ground, he's in the fight to help the people. And I love that you tied it to Leia, Princess of Alderaan. There is that real emotional canon we love here and, and how like, like uh, f- father and, and mother Brehat too, and, and, and daughter, it, it totally works for me. And it's a little tiny. It's just there. If you want it, this uh, serving of great bail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great bail serving. Yeah. And I just, I like that connection because I like both of these characters a lot, you know, that, that bail is they're trying so hard to help. And He's really desperate in that moment. If you ignore the, uh, you know, the Star Wars poetry of it and, and don't get distracted by, it, is it too much of a wink or not? What's actually happening in the story is he is pleading because he is afraid for the people of Christosis. He's afraid for his own life. They're being bombed, and he's saying, 
please, Obi-Wan, do whatever you can to help us to defend us, which goes back to all of the kind of Obi-Wan's perspective of in that great quote that you pointed out of, you know, we're here to save lives, not destroy ships. And that's what this is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really love that. Uh, Do you have any more under uh, canon lore connections? Yeah, a couple, uh, actually. Uh, I do love, we've talked about a lot in other episodes. I'm even staring at the action figure hanging on my wall now of Admiral Ularen. Thanks, First Rate Nate. Looked to uh, that Star Wars ranked episode. I, I just like Ularen. Just, one, it's a fun, like, oh, yeah, he's the guy in the white shirt in, in uh, New Hope. When you first kind of learn that, uh, you're, it's just one of those fun little tiny connections. But to to take this character of, like, how, you know, he is part of the Republic. He served them. He's an older veteran. He, he refer, refers to the battle, uh, the Malastar one, with, with Trench. So he's got this experience. And how does he end up? not just being in the empire, but being in the security bureau and, and uh, maybe hunting down defectors to the empire. That that's an interesting transition or an inter- interesting growth. And so to see early on and to see his relationship uh, to the Jedi and to Anakin, which it just keeps on going through the show. He's, he's on the same side. He's an ally. He gets it. He's begrudging uh, in his uh, praise of Anakin at times uh, but I, I love to see the beginning of that, of what's what's going to happen with him and, and the relationship to the Jedi. It's on display here. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Yularen was on my list as well. I love just the history of the galaxy that he paints of, and that was one of the things I was really excited to revisit of. I remembered Yularen had history with Trench, and I was like, okay, but how, why, what kind of conflict was he in? So the fact that it was a corporate blockade of Malastare Mm-hmm. where Trench slaughtered a bunch of people and the Jedi had to intervene. That is just a great little picture of the kind of conflicts that were happening uh, when the galaxy was at peace in general. But it also shows you that the kind of issues that were coming up with, uh, like the blockade of Naboo and in, in the uh, mixture of uh, politics and business in war has been brewing in the galaxy for a long time and getting to this point of boiling over it and makes it feel like this war is not just, you know, out of left field, that it's been brewing for a long time in the galaxy. Right. Um, and then the specific uh, interactions with Yularen, and again, looking at how has this set the table for all of Clone Wars, that Yularen feels like, well, he's one of the heroes. He's he, he's always supporting our Jedi characters and taking them places and sometimes has the uh, kind of gruff, like, okay, I wouldn't do it that way. But mm-hmm. that ending interaction between him and Anakin where Elarn was like, well, I really wasn't sure what the hell you were doing, but <laughs> but it all worked out. And Anakin has that, you know, slightly cocky, like, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, sometimes I, I kind of do things my own way. And Elarn says, like, yeah, the the Chancellor said that about you, and and he meant it as a compliment. Like, yeah. that, there's a lot there that Elarn is not just going to end up in the Empire, but he's already in lockstep with the Chancellor. He's already mm-hmm. on the footing of, like, this is a war. Let's fight and kill and win. And that Anakin is in sync with him and like, well, sometimes I'll, you know, be a little concerned about your tactics, but I'm on board with you being like, hey, there's a problem. Let's kill it. Yeah. <laughs> and all these other Jedi are like, yeah, kind of tiptoeing around it. And you immediately immediately see just in that little scene mm-hmm. where Yularen and Anakin uh, could be in sync and all under the watchful and approving eye of Darth Sidious. Mm, that's, say it with me, kids. That's juicy. <laughs> that's juicy. Uh, you got you got other stuff? Just real real brief, real brief. Uh, I no, love, uh, love uh, going back to Admiral Trench. 
his past and and now what we know seeing the whole story play out in season seven his future this is uh it's it's his uh i thought he died career <laughs> he's had a lot of he was on that ship and here's one as well you, you leave these episodes thinking well he's gone um and we know he's not and then he comes back and he's he's uh, damaged he's half uh, you know cyborg is just gets worse and then to know that anakin absolutely and in a vader like way as we talked about looking at season seven but uh, closes the door on trench for good it's kind of a not a runner like a sketch joke but it is kind of a, a runner in a way of just he's always survived we thought he was dead he's back and anakin puts a a period on his uh, sentence there uh we talked a little yeah. bit there. I, I think i do want to get a little bit into the um hidden enemy stuff slick um by the way, you know, if your nickname's Slick, I'm just going to immediately think you might be a traitor. <laughs> I just immediately might, might be there. Um, as you're talking about, he's he's not entirely wrong. I don't support uh, maybe what he was doing, but maybe there's something behind it um, that is true. And it's deeper and it, it will play out um, in, in future episodes all the way to the very end, especially with Rex. So, And Rex is here at this scene. Rex is kind of maybe, ah, no, I don't know about that. Um, and to have Slick kind of saying the truth and to have it be this early on, like we talked about, I think that's important and, and pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, really great. And I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because mm-hmm. it is such an, an important part of this arc and setting up that the clones are main characters of the Clone Wars, uh, along with all of our big name characters. Uh, I really like the idea that Rex in many of the other clones, the, the clones who are kind of steadfast, like Cody, um, but Rex in particular, I always get this impression from him of like, they all get like, yeah, we were, we were created uh, to fight this war. But for Rex, it always feels like I am aware of that and I am making a choice. This is my duty and I want to fulfill it. And there's these great rhythms with the Jedi. Uh, it even gets really uh, pointed out in uh, Master and Apprentice about how Jedi are... Uh, brought in, uh, you know, with the exception of uh, Anakin, at too young of an age to decide for themselves to be Jedi, they can always walk away. So it brings up all these great, deep Star Wars themes of destiny versus choice. And are you truly choosing to to be who you were uh, directed to be? Or can you walk away? Do you really want to walk away? And, And it brings the Jedi and the clones kind of uh, together in that way it's big stuff or and, and again the fact that early on even if even th- th- this shows up what episode 16 of season one even that's early in the series but to have it early in the story uh, that hit me man that hit me as, as being pretty important and powerful yeah yeah and, and then the last thing i'll say about it i think there is this great uh rhythm also with this idea of well your motives are one thing to analyze whether or not we feel those are are right or pure and then there's how you go about them and i think that's the thing of like he might have a point of like what is the morality of this that we were just created for this and we don't get to choose it and we have to suffer so much which they they really underline uh how much the clones are already suffering that this is not a great life um and how so he might have like a a great idea for that a, a great uh point to make of like let's let's analyze this let's look at that but the way that he goes about it is by getting his his brothers in arms killed and so the conversation is a non-starter which gets into this great like discussion of not only uh what you do matters but also why in star wars and vice versa absolutely yep 
you, the, how you fight, why you fight, good questions. Yeah. Good All right. Well, we've, slick. we've, <laughs> what's that? It's a good going slick. <laughs> good going slick. Um, we've already, you already mentioned that the, the, you're aware of the animation being of its time. Was there anything else you like disliked or questioned? Um, I, oh, I, I, in terms of question, I, I actually ended up uh, bringing it up earlier, but the venture stuff of just really not quite, so not ne- a negative question, but just, it made me think of like, oh yeah, okay. What else can we get from that? Put that aside. We discussed it already. This is odd. This is very personal. This is very personal. All right. I'm exposing some truths here. Um, <laughs> this is odd. I don't like it when ships cloak. <laughs> <laughs> just in general? In general. People want to know, why do you like Star Wars over Star Trek? Did you ever consider Star Trek? I do enjoy Star Trek. I have enjoyed a lot of them. I love that Klingon bird of prey. It's a great design. I hate that it cloaks. I think it's a cheat. I just think it's a cheat in, in story, out of story. Uh, it, but it was used very well in this episode. But it had, that popped up because, again, when it when it starts and I was like, I was on the treadmill last night watching this episode. I just was like huffing and puffing away. And I was like, oh, man, a cloak ship. I don't I'm glad that they don't use those a ton in Star Wars. I just don't like it. So that is that is a Ken thing. That's a weird Ken thing. But I'm OK. Yeah. I worked through it for this episode and, it, and, it, and it's part of the fun of the episode. All right. You, you mentioned that it bothers you both as you feel like storytelling, it's, it's not engaging, it's a cheat, but you're also, you're also bothered by it in like a real life way. Is that, is this a desire for people to be, uh, upfront about who they are and, and not, uh, be emotional stealth ships? Is that what, is that what this sure. is about? I do, do you interact with people that you feel are cloaked? I, I wouldn't think of it th- that way, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. That's sometimes uh, even my problem with the industry I'm in. Yes. Um, uh, I, I think there's a little bit of that in me. Wow. That's deep. That's good. You're good, sir. You're good. You're good. Yeah, it is. Now that I think about it, I'll have to write a, a, a college thesis statement paper on that. Uh, yeah, no, I, there, there's definitely some of that, but also just, yeah, I don't know. I always kind of felt like, and this, it's not used like that in this episode, but it's like going to the, the bird of prey thing again. I, I'm not, this is, I'm joking a little bit about Star Trek. I really do enjoy a lot of Star Trek. Uh, just the idea of like, you can just, poof you're there and invisible i don't like i don't know it's not it's not even a superpower i like you know yeah (laughs) unless unless it's one ring of power and you can put it on but that has consequences yes that that can bring damage that's uh that's that so anyways uh yeah open up a weird insight into my uh, mess (laughs) (laughs) now i understand i'm glad it's not a huge thing in star wars i I really like it in star trek i'm not going to spiral off into star trek but in star trek it's 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 made to be such a a uh sort of technical advantage that different uh, factions, different groups have over the Federation. Um, I like that in Star Wars, in, in this episode in particular, they really make a thing out of it. It's extremely limited technology. It exists. It doesn't happen that often. Not everybody has it uh, thing. Totally. So we're not uh, constantly upsetting you on the treadmill. Yeah, that's why I kept. Wa- that's why I kept watching. Otherwise, I was going to turn it off and tell you to cancel the show. No. <laughs> well, I'm glad that that tragedy was uh, averted. At least one tragedy averted <laughs> in the Clone Wars. Uh, you know, I don't think there's anything that I disliked. Um, mm. Questioned. We already talked through. For me, I think I because I come at things with a little bit of my uh, pro Obi Wan bias. Uh, that sometimes when Anakin wants to do like the cool aggressive thing, I feel like, are we throwing Obi-Wan Kenobi under the bus? But I really like that that is the first episode where Obi-Wan is correct that this is the priority is to get these supplies down to the people who need them to bring them relief. But Anakin is correct of 
and you'll learn up to a point of we're not going to get past this guy uh mm-hmm. and he's going to cause if we don't take him out now he's going to cause more casualties and more people will be hurt down the line and i think that the thing that i questioned is the is the point that in what is uh, chronologically the first episode of the clone wars anakin skywalker is rewarded for being aggressive and killing <laughs> which uh points out some of the challenges of yep. the clone wars yeah. Anything that uh, that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, we 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 really went in uh, deep on this episode. I'm so glad we did. Uh, just the general feeling again to tie it back up to that. Just uh, happy to do this, and and I love even after talking Star Wars. Sometimes you and I discuss Star Wars up to six hours a week, and uh, we watch it and we study it and read the books. And sometimes you can crack open a book that feels like a little homework right now and everything. I still love when I have those moments when I am on a treadmill or just hanging around having coffee in the morning and watching something and kind of seeing it again for the first time as a Star Wars fan. And I love it. It reminds me of why I'm here to celebrate this saga. Oh, that's great. That I, I am so thrilled to hear you say that. And this is great because we do discover things about one another. <laughs> if I discover invisibility, I'm, I, I will tell you about it. I'll be up front. I'm never going to sneak up on you. Please, thank you. In an, any invisible way. Uh, the last little detail that I just wanted to share, how much I love the specificity and the flavor of it. I like the whole interrogation scene uh, with uh, Rex and Cody. Really, really let us see a little bit of the, the clones, the different personalities, their different cultures. I loved uh, Chopper's collection of droid fingers. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I feel they owed me something. Like, Whoa. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but that's dark. Yeah, right. And that's that great tension between uh, Roger, Roger. Uh, what coordinates? Where do we point? Just shoot there. And then, like, no, they've 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 scarred me. They've killed so many of me. Yeah. I must take a part of them. Just chopper like over a bloody droid. I don't even know how the droid is bloody, but he's just ripping <laughs> fingers off. Like, oh, that's some dark stuff. I love. Yep. Like Oil <laughs> squirting. Yep. <laughs> those those droid fingers they're they're well oiled all right is is a uh, clone wars report tradition we're gonna uh, wrap up here with a couple of specific fun questions ken if you could have a figure of any character from this episode what action figure might you want well now i kind of want slick ripping off droid fingers um <laughs> i wonder if you uh you and i don't discuss these little questions before i wonder if uh we're similar i we we love our little figure two packs i definitely want a obi-wan and bail hologram pack Oh yeah, no, I did consider that. That's so great. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to give what my answer was, but in my heart, I'm going to change it to your answer because that's the one I, I actually really really want. Because I love that pose of Bale. He's so yeah. he's so engaged. Uh, I was going to say I like Admiral Trench uh, is just such a, a great weird spider guy design, mm-hmm. and I love the, the his little command stick that he swaps in his hand. So I would like Ooh, yeah. uh, Admiral Trench with a stick slap in action. <laughs> Squeezes his legs and he he slaps the stick. Not to be confused with General Crixmadeen's uh, pointer action. <laughs> exactly. A lot of different ways you can use sticks in Star Wars. That's the big the big point here. In fact, we're going to talk about the big point. Uh, Ken, you're going to close us out with uh, the moral. What do you think the moral of this episode of our podcast is? I think the moral is don't go running around when you can be out in the open with your true feelings. <laughs> 
That is great. Uh, and that has been our big look at uh, at these first two episodes of The Clone Wars, of Foreman and Arc. Next episode, we're going to dive into the actual Clone Wars release film, which will be really fun. I've watched it so many times uh, for trivia. I'm really excited to watch it in order to discuss it with you, Ken. This is going to be as great as Obi-Wan sipping some tea. Looking forward to that. Uh, This uh, journey of the Clone Wars report rewatch of Clone Wars has begun, and we're happy all of you are on the journey with us. If you want to find us, if you're relatively new to the show or just want to join this conversation, reach out on Twitter. Use the hashtag ForceCenterPod. We are on Instagram. Like our Facebook page. We are on YouTube. Subscribe, ring that bell. Videos have uh, been on uh, on the on your doorstep, and videos on the way. Some more memoriams, show and tells with some cool guests. All those things are going on over there at the YouTube page. You can get merch at tpublic.com/user/tpublic. And uh, the podcast is available in a lot of different spots, including iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. If you search and it's not there, let us know. We'll try to add it to wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, you can support us at patreon.com slash center. A lot of uh, cool tiers uh, if you want to support. But, uh, as always, even the, the best way to support us to listen and to tell a friend and spread the word about Force Center. We appreciate that as well. We're almost out of here, but we got our own things we're working on, including um, uh, I got uh, my baseball podcast, Box Score Heroes. As we record this, it is uh, Major League Baseball's uh, very weird and social distanced uh, 2020 opening day. Uh, talking baseball over there, but you can go to KenNapsock.com for information on all the things I do. Uh, Joseph, what about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can go to josephscrimshaw.com for all my other comedy adventures. Uh, I got a bunch of comedy albums, an old comedy book about pop culture, and you can find my other podcast, Obsessed. Uh, This week, my wife and I are going to do an episode looking back fondly on all of our various adventures obsessing over San Diego Comic-Con, so come check that out. Ooh, that's going to be good. You know what I did the other night, Joseph? This is weird. This is almost as weird as the cloaking thing. I went on Google Maps and retraced every hotel I've ever stayed at at Comic-Con without any help. <laughs> like you you just, you found the hotels that you had stayed uh-huh. at? I just went into the city. Oh, yeah, that's right. That one was by, because I don't remember all the names all the time, but I, oh, that was by the 7-Eleven. Oh, that's by that big Ralph's with kind of the brick building on the outside. Oh, and I just, I because I was missing that part of Comic-Con. <laughs> Oh, you remembered it by the treats. That's yes. very nice. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to catch what you and Sarah are talking about on that. Uh, do it all, folks. Uh, we'll uh, be here. Uh, we got a Star Wars rank coming. Uh, the main show next week. Uh, new show, Data Pick, uh, will be popping up a couple times a month. We got a lot of content, and we're glad you're here with us. Uh, this, though, is our first, uh, 17th, but first uh, Clone Wars rewatch report. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.